Good morning. If you have your Bibles, I hope you have your Bibles with you this morning. We'll be in Mark chapter 2. In a moment, Nathaniel is going to be reading a section of Mark chapter 2 for us. So last week, we talked about what kinds of influences to avoid. We know that our friendships matter, and uh, this is going to help us as we go into the new school year. So this week, we're going to look at the other side of the coin for us. What kind of friends should we be for other people? So building friendships is hard. We know that friendships can be incredibly important to us. And last week showed us that having the wrong friends can be incredibly damaging to us and can take us down terrible paths. We've all had times where we haven't been as good of a friend as we should be, where we've been filled with selfishness, with anger, with pride. And these things have kept us from being the kinds of friends that we should be. We can easily tear down our friendships if we aren't living right. And so with the wrong focus, we can alienate those who care about us, and we can um, push away those who want to help us live godly lives. Friendship is valuable for us, and it helps us to learn to be more like Christ if we can use it correctly. So today we're going to read a story from Mark chapter 2, where we will see an example of godly friendships and those who are there to help people come to Jesus. So Nathaniel's going to come forward and read Mark chapter 12, verses 1, Mark chapter 2, excuse me, verses 1 through 12. And again he entered Capernaum after some days, and it was heard that he was in the house. Immediately many gathered together, so that there was no longer room to receive them, not even near the door, and he preached the word to them. Then they came to him, bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. And when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. So that when they had brought, broken through, they let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. lying. When uh, Jesus heard, saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven you. And some of the scribes were sitting there and reasoning in their hearts, Why does this man speak blasphemies like this? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But immediately, when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they had reasoned thus within themselves, he said to them, Why do you reason about these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, Your sins are forgiven you, or to say, Arise, take up your bed and walk that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins, he said to the paralytic, I say to you, Arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. Immediately he arose, took up the bed, and went out in the presence of them all, so that all were amazed and glorified God, saying, We never saw anything like this. What an amazing story. We can see Jesus as Lord, and that's the main point of this story, is to get a better picture of Jesus, who he is, what he can do, that he is master over both sickness and sin. And he's able to heal and forgive, and he shows his power in that. But today, there's a lesson for us in the details of this story that will be useful for us. And so we're going to uh, take a, a dive into the um, background of the story together. And so that's the question of this, uh, of this lesson for today, is what does it take to be a good friend? So to answer that question, we're going to see what the good friends did for their 
paralytic friend. So first, what good friends do is they are a helper. One of the things that's first worth noticing is that these four able-bodied men were friends to a paralytic. He was as needy as could be. Uh, we need to imagine what life was like for this man, for us to really appreciate these friendships that they had and to understand the uh, connection between the two. Because this man couldn't care for himself at all. Life is hard for people with this kind of position, even today. And in their time, it would be even harder. There were no surgeries, no treatments, no rehab centers where people could improve their quality of life. And this man was living in this way. He couldn't dress himself. He couldn't bring himself food. He couldn't go where he wanted to go. He was utterly dependent on others for everything he had. And furthermore, the Greek and Roman societies were just not set up to take care of the needy um, and disabled like this man. This man had nowhere that he could go but to beg. That was the only occupation that could take him. He could lie on the ground in the city gates and watch people walk by and ask them for money as they went. He could dream about a life where he could walk and where he could work and where he could live life like everyone else. And each day he wakes up and dreams of a different life. And he stares at the ceiling just waiting for something to change. But that's not the only part of the story for this man. Because he wasn't alone. He was not alone in his life. He had these friends. And this is a remarkable place to begin with. As friendships, there is a temptation for friendships to be made only if there is something that we can receive back from it, right? That I am friends with this person because they help me, they improve my life, they make me feel better about myself. These friends can give me something. And so friendships can be surrounded with temptations. It can easily be approached selfishly that this is for me. I want friends that serve me or help me. So these friends of the paralytic man are there to help him, even when they can receive nothing from him in return. So this is one thing that we can remember together in our friendships. I need to be a friend to others even if they can't give back to me. But if we're honest, we need to realize that all of us have been the needy one in our friendships sometimes. Uh, very few of us are the needy one at all times. Probably none of us are the needy one at all times in our friendships. But we are needy together in our friendships. And that is okay. Because being vulnerable in our relationships doesn't hurt. It actually helps our relationships. Needing our friends actually helps us grow closer together. We are often afraid that being needy will push people away. And it will make our friends not want to be around us. But in this man's case, he had four friends who were wanting to be there for him, wanting to be near to him and to help him in any way that they could. So good friendships can go both ways, that the needy have friends that can help them and the helper friends have needy friends to help, and both are valuable and good for each other. Now we should be there for each other when we need it, and these good friends were there for their friend in need. So these good friends have great news exciting news, and that is Jesus has come to town. Jesus had been in Capernaum as recently as chapter 1, where he had healed a demon-possessed man. Demon, Jesus had proved that he could heal the unhealable. He could take away sicknesses that no one else could even touch. And then he had been in Galilee and had healed multitudes, large groups of people, and had healed other severe diseases like a leper. Jesus coming 
shows a promise of healing. And so the man's friends make a decision to share this with their paralytic, needy friend. They decide that he needs to know, and they want to go with him to Jesus. Now, this isn't an easy jersey journey, not jersey, for them. Uh, they had to carry their friend on his bed to get to Jesus. So the effort that we give to our friends is important. And we have to ask ourselves, are we willing to do hard things for our friends? Because sometimes we need to be there for our friends, and even when we are tired and busy, when things are hectic in our lives, we can give our friends our time and our attention even when we don't feel available. So this can be shown by doing things for our friends that are outside of our comfort zones. That we're talking to them about things that are not our interests. Doing things with them that are not our hobbies. But instead shows that we are interested in others and what they care about and what they want. And we are putting them above ourselves. Sometimes that means we have to do work for our friends and help our friends when they need help. Putting ourselves, uh, our own fun aside and putting our you know, work gloves on and getting to work to help them with what they need. Because if, we really, if we're refusing to do something that our friends need or our friends want, are we really there for them? And these friends of the paralytic man were willing to do some hard work and to expend some difficult effort for their friend. They were willing to carry their friend to come see Jesus. Because they could have said, Jesus has come to town. I've heard some amazing stories about the things he can do. So let's just go see Jesus. Let's go peek in and see. Then we can get back to our friend and we'll tell him all about it. That might have been a highlight for him by itself. But that's not where they, they went. They saw his needs and cared about him enough that they picked him up and took him along with them to go see Jesus. And think about it. Taking their friend would make this journey harder. It was a logistical nightmare that they had to carry this friend that crowds would be there and they would have to, to navigate through the crowds, get to where they needed to get, and transporting their friend would not have been easy. But it doesn't stop them because they care about their friend. And so they go carrying their friend the whole way. But when they get to Jesus, they saw a problem, that there was a problem that they had to overcome when they got there. But before we get to that problem, we need to be reminded why they took this journey. Why did they bring their friend to Jesus in the first place? So they, because they believed that Jesus could heal their friend. And so that's the second lesson of being a good friend for us today is show your faith. Nobody could have healed their friend. Being a paralytic was a hopeless scenario in their world. There was no hope for him to be healed unless Jesus comes to town. And when Jesus came to town, the man and his friends show their faith by going together to Jesus with the expectation of things being different. So this is one way, and perhaps the most important way, that we should be good friends to those around us. We've got to be willing to bring our friends to Jesus, to show them that this is where we need to go. It doesn't matter who our friends are, they need to come to Jesus. I've had some great friends in my life that regularly share their faith with me, that regularly remind me of the scriptures that we all love so much, that they are bringing me to Jesus in simple conversations. I need friends like that. I will always need friends like that that are there to remind me that Jesus is there and we should be going to him. And sometimes friends show us how to do this with prayer. 
Because another way we can do this by being a good friend is praying with and praying for our friends. Now, prayer doesn't make it into this particular story, but we know the power of prayer. We know that it exists and that it can help us to show our friends we care about them and help them to find Christ. And you can do that for your friends. You can tell them what you've learned about Jesus. You can bring your friends closer to Jesus and invite them to come right alongside you. That's what the best possible friends will do. Now, there are some specific ways that you can do it. You know, all of you will have tests and assignments and different difficulties and stresses throughout your year. What if you stopped during those moments and prayed with your friends? What if you stopped in those moments and reminded them, God is with us? Or some of you will have relationships that are harder than normal, strained because of the amount of time you have or just difficulties of growing up together. What if you had a Bible verse memorized to help your friends in that moment? That you could tell them, God cares about you. God wants you to be his. We can do so many things to help bring our friends to Jesus when they need encouragement. And these man, this man's friends were willing to go to great lengths to take him to Jesus. Because as I mentioned earlier, when they got to Jesus, there was a problem. The crowds are everywhere. There is no getting to Jesus. It is standing room only in the house that Jesus is in. So now what? Go home? Turn around, right? Give up? Maybe another time Jesus will be out in a plane where we can see him. Well, that's not what these friends do. Instead, they work to find a solution. They come up with a plan to get to Jesus regardless of how difficult it was. And so they bring their friend up onto the roof of the house, which already took some work by itself, I'm sure, that they had to lift up this bed with the man on it and lift it up over their heads onto the roof, and he uh, would lie up there waiting for them. And when they get up there, they start to dig through the roof. Now imagine being inside the house when this was happening. Jesus is teaching. You're standing front to back, you know, back to front, side to side, touching everyone all around you. It is jostling each other in there. And Jesus is teaching, and suddenly some dust starts to fall from the ceiling. And you don't want to say anything, because you don't want to be the guy that's not paying attention. You know, you're, you're like, I'm listening, Jesus, I promise. But then eventually, big chunks of ceiling are falling out, and even Jesus stops talking. And slowly, you see a hand poke through the ceiling, and this is really getting weird. Before you know it, the hole is getting bigger and bigger, and something is being lowered down into the room, and there's a mat with a man on it staring intently directly at Jesus, expecting him to do something for him. And then you look up, and you see four faces peeking through the hole in the roof, sweaty and dirty, filthy, looking down and watching what is going to happen next. What an incredible image that we have here, that we can see these men and the efforts they took to get this man into the house. And so that takes us back to verse 5. And Jesus saw their faith. Notice the pronouns. He didn't see his faith, the paralytic man in front of him. He saw their faith, all of them, involved in this effort to get the man before him. The friend's faith is obvious to Jesus because of the great measures they took to get to him. They wanted to be right in front of Jesus, and they were going to do whatever it took to get there. And so Jesus, seeing their faith, changes the conversation. He changes it because there's a paralytic man lying right in front of him. You would expect the conversation to be, okay, what healing is coming now? 
And Jesus shifts it so people are learning more about him in this moment, where he says, your, son, your sins are forgiven. That's a fascinating thing for him to say. You have a paralytic lowered in front of you. You're famous for your healing. You've gone all throughout the region healing people who could not be healed. And now you say to this paralytic man, your sins are forgiven. Jesus takes this opportunity to redirect the attention of the people back to him. And Jesus rewards the faith of this man with the ultimate reward. He shows them he can not only heal his incurable paralysis, but he can solve his bigger problem. And he can take away his sins. And so I say again, the best way you can be a friend to those around you is by bringing your friends to Jesus. Because this is the kind of thing that he can do. He's an amazing Lord we have. He can heal and he can save. This is exactly where the friends needed to take the man. Because Jesus exceeded all of their expectations. He completely healed their friend and he had even forgiven his sins. And if you could have asked those men if it was worth it, all the work, all the difficulty, all the effort to get their friend to Jesus, I don't think they would have hesitated in saying, absolutely not. This was 100% worth it, that we could walk to Jesus. And we get a glimpse into the reaction. And so this is our third thing that we can do. We can share in the joy. In verse 12, they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, we never saw anything like this after the man picked up his bed and walked out. Everyone around this whole scene saw him, and because he went before them all carrying his bed, all the atrophy of his life was gone. Jesus had not only healed the man, he had strengthened the man so he could walk, he could carry, and he could go out before them. Amazing what Jesus had done for him. And so as you can imagine, this shocked the people. They were amazed, and they could not help but glorify God for what he had done. This might include, this probably includes his four friends, presumably still up on the roof watching the scene below them. And they rejoice as he walks away, healed before them. So here's another way that we can be good friends to those around us. We rejoice when our friends rejoice. When good things are happening to them and the blessings from God, we can join in and give God the glory right alongside them, helping to instill a spirit of thanksgiving and praise to God for the good things in their lives. We know these friends were there for their friend in the hard times. They were there to help him when things were difficult for him. But they also joined in with him and shared in his joy. They were there regardless of the conditions. Because true friendship is not conditional. It's not dependent on any factors other than the hope of a relationship with them and the hope of bringing them closer to God. That's what true friendship is. The paralytic man could have struggled with this when he was down. Jealousy towards his friends that could walk and could live normal lives. He could have lived with bitterness and anger. He could have been filled with all of these things. And then when his friends see him get all the, the attention in this moment, that Jesus has recognized his faith, forgiven his sins, healed him, that this man is now a celebrity at this moment, that they could have been filled with jealousy and bitterness too. What about us? We put him up on the roof. We lowered him through. We tore a hole through this roof. But these friends are praising God right alongside them. You know, we can easily struggle with this too. We can let jealousy and pride and anger get in the way when we should just join in with our friends when they have a victory. 
some of you are going to have friends that will get more recognitions than you. And that's okay. Most of those recognitions may not matter in the long term anyway, to be honest. And some of you will get recognized for things, and that's a moment for you to be gracious to those around you, to welcome them alongside you, and to show humility. But the best thing about our friendships is all of us have the same opportunity to be recognized by Jesus. He loves us and he wants us to, to say to us the same thing he said to the man, your sins are forgiven. He says that to all of us. And he shares that with all of us. And so all of us can share that. And we can all take pride in one thing, that I have a relationship with Jesus. And that circles us right back to the beginning of this lesson. We start to figure out a way to bring our friends to Jesus. That bringing our friends to Jesus is the best thing possible because that relationship with Jesus is better than anything else that we can find. Because a relationship with Jesus models for us all three of these good qualities and more perfectly. It shows us Jesus came to be a helper. He came to forgive our sins. He came to show his faith in his Father by following him all the way to the cross. And he came to bring us joy in his coming. Jesus is the greatest example of a friend we could ever see. And the best way we can be friends to each other is to share that relationship with him. And so with the new school year coming, we have challenges ahead of us. Our days will be filled with other things that take our focus away. So as you've entered this new school year, I encourage you to continue to look for ways to be good friends to those around you. You've got a great opportunity to express your faith. Challenges always do that for us. And being back in school will do that for you. Whether you're a good friend to your siblings, to the people sitting next to you right now, or to your classmates at school, you're doing a good thing in bringing Jesus into their lives. And so we have to commit constantly to make sure that we are this kind of friend. So together in this week, let's make sure to be good friends to one another. Jim Colby is going to lead us in song to help us to remember to do this. Let's stand and let's sing together.